Gone is a podcast about people who have gone missing from the United States and Canada. These people are daughters, sons, sisters, and aunties. They didn't just disappear. Someone, somewhere, knows something. I'm Janelle Feller. And I'm Katie Norby. These are the stories of Rebecca Alsup and Daphne Westbrook. Rebecca Jane Alsup had a troubled life. She lived through the murder of her mother as a child. Her two young sons lived with her grandmother. Eventually, Rebecca found herself addicted to drugs. This addiction would eventually cause her serious heart problems that caused her to have a pacemaker in her early 30s. In 2016, she was married to Craig Allen Wood, and they lived in a camper trailer on property owned by Wood's parents in Williamsville, Missouri. An individual reported that Wood had offered him three cars, a motorcycle, and half of Rebecca's life insurance if he would shoot her. Wood asked what would happen if bong water from a methamphetamine pipe was injected into Rebecca's legs. The individual stated that he thought it would kill her. A short time later, the individual saw Wood with some bottles filled with bong water. Rebecca was admitted to the hospital where she had to have both of her legs amputated. While she was in the hospital, Wood asked asked to have her removed from life support, but the hospital could not comply because he could not prove that they were actually married. Now she uses both a wheelchair and prosthetics to get around. My gosh. This is just awful. How old was she? She was in her 30s. She was 34 when this happened. Or I guess guess at that time she was 32. Okay. But... um, yeah, I had to have both of her legs uh, amputated. I I mean, methamphetamine is, is basically a poison. It's a variety of poisons. Right. And then to have that unfiltered leftover residue, I just can't even imagine. Oh, On February 15th, 2017, a friend came to visit Rebecca at the camper. Rebecca was very upset. She said that Wood had stolen money from her and cut up her SIM card for her phone. She told the friend that Wood had drug her out of bed by her hair and there were bruises on her left cheek and arm. Later that evening, another individual stopped by the trailer and saw both Rebecca and Wood. When he came back the next day, Rebecca was gone. He saw her walker burning in the burning barrel. Rebecca was never seen again. In July 2019, Woods was charged with the first-degree murder and first-degree assault of Rebecca Alsup. In September 2019, the charges were dismissed because prosecution didn't have enough evidence to move forward with the case. What? You don't have a body, you don't have a crime? You don't have a body, you don't have a crime. Oh my gosh, that's so frustrating. And I, I just suspect that the witnesses that saw some things, reported some things, may not have been the most reliable witnesses. They were probably using it. Uh, drug-using friends, sure. and so they weren't necessarily the most reliable, most consistent. Or they don't even want to say anything because they're using. Right. Because then, you know, now the cops might know that I'm using or I'm right. high. Or, it just puts me in a, puts yeah. a, it puts a target on me. So, Rebecca Jane Alsup was 34 years old. The first person through. Rebecca Jane Alsup was 34 years old when she went missing in February 2017. 
She is a Caucasian female with brown hair and brown eyes. She was four foot seven and weighed 95 pounds at the time that she disappeared. This is, this is um, after her amputation. Right, right. She had scars from several heart surgeries, uh, and both of her legs were amputated. If you have any information about Rebecca Jane Alsep, contact the Wayne County Sheriff's Office at 573-224-3219. She literally had no way to protect herself. No way to get away. No. I mean, and then on top of it, living in a camper trailer, which would not be easy to get around if you were on prosthetics. Right. Um, In a camper trailer on his family's property. Right. uh, You're a prisoner. Well, he's already tried to kill her. He's he's tried to kill her, and he he pulled her out of bed by her hair. She doesn't, at that point, she doesn't weigh much. Right. Um... Yeah, it's kind of, you know, you and I have talked about this before, about how you can look at the circumstances of a child's life, mm-hmm. and you can uh, you can make some assumptions if things don't change. Right. These are the things that are going to happen to this person as they get older, mm-hmm. because this of what the statistics tell, tell us and of right. the um, situation that they're in, and this person didn't have a chance. No, she didn't. She didn't have a chance. I mean, she had used so many drugs by the time that she was in her thirties that she had to have a pacemaker. Right. And she had at that point she was on drugs. Um, I mean, on drugs for her for her heart um, that she would have been on for the rest of her life. Yeah. So. And I imagine that things like methamphetamine use would have been um, very difficult mm-hmm. on her body. Right. Um, and then in this lifestyle, that is deadly. It's just so sad. It's just so sad. She didn't, she didn't stand a chance. She didn't stand a chance. I mean, there was nobody to... Well, and she had gone to her sister, and she had uh, she had lived with her sister for a short time, um, but the addiction is mm-hmm. so difficult to overcome. It's not impossible, but it is difficult, yeah. and I don't know that it you know I don't know that it's any harder if you've been addicted for a short time or a long time. I think it's hard. It's just yeah. hard, and all of your friends are in that life mm-hmm. um the people that you've associated with the work that you've done it all surrounds around that life and so if you want to leave the life of addiction you have to give up all your friends you have to give up family members you're on your own you have to start over yeah i mean clean the slate mm-hmm. because um basically uh get a new phone and don't take any numbers with you because right. that's how hard it is and if you have nothing to begin with, it, it's really difficult to to go into that, you know, to erase your whole history and start over again. I think that's hard for anybody. Let alone having these traumas, you know, right. watching your mom or having knowing your that mom. your mom was murdered. Right. Your sons were taken away from you. Yep. Yep. I mean, you just and, beat yourself up over so many things that well, I, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a self-perpetuating cycle. Yeah. So you use, you do something 
you do something that causes your children to be taken away and that guilt causes you to use, which, you know, causes you guilt, which uses, I mean, it's just a cycle. It's just a cycle. And it's, it's never ending because there's a million, I mean, in life, we, we are constantly making, you know, there are constantly transgressions against other people. We are making mistakes. We are, mm-hmm. we are stumbling, tripping and falling just in, in regular life. Um, I think that if you're, if you're actively using any substance to, you know, self-medicate, those trips and stumbles are probably more often, and, and you just can't seem to get out of that. Right. You can't seem to forgive yourself, and you can't seem to move on. It's so, so difficult. And then to have her life end this way, it is just tragic. And then to not have a, a body to bury. And this, um, Craig Allen Wood, is free and clear. Right. Able to live his life. Daphne Westbrook was 16 years old in 2019. She lived primarily with her mom, Rana Kurtzinger, in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Chattanooga has a population of roughly 180,000. Her father, John Westbrook, lived in St. Elmo, Tennessee, which is only a 10-minute drive from Chattanooga. On Sunday, October 6, 2019, Daphne had been at her father's house for a weekend visit. She had called her mom that morning and said she was taking the dogs for a walk. So was she at her mom's home or her dad's dad's. Okay. She did not make it home to her mom's house. On Tuesday, so it's not clear for a weekend visit. I'm assuming that Sunday would have been the day that she went back. It, It doesn't say anywhere when she was supposed to go back, but it was a weekend visit. So... I think it's safe to assume that she would have gone back on that Sunday, Sunday that or, she called. Or, or he took, dad took her to school on right, Monday. Right. So there's, it's, it's, it's not clear. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, either way, she never made it back to her mom's house from this weekend visit. On Tuesday, October 8th, Rana received a phone call from Daphne stating that she was not missing. What? That's not. Yeah. So you're right. Later, police were able to trace the call to Dalton, Georgia, a little over 30 miles from St. Elmo. That same night, Tuesday, her car was found at Glen Falls Trailhead on Lookout Mountain, close to her father's home. Park rangers reported that the car had been there for at least 24 hours. But, but the mom received a call from the daughter, who would recognize her voice. She wouldn't, there wouldn't be a mistake about that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Okay. Apparently, John Westbrook had done this before. Two or three years before Daphne disappeared, John took her on a vacation for two or three months without telling her mother where they were. No charges were ever filed in that incident. I can't even... I... Yeah. I... I... What? But, you know, today I was doing... I took a... I was in a webinar about... um, it was it was talking about abusive tactics um, sure. in relationships, and how um, children are used in ways they're used to abuse the um, the mother, other parent. Yeah. That 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 um, that how they treat the child affects the mother, and right. something like this is absolutely an abusive tactic. Yeah. Besides the fact that it's illegal, it, right. I don't think that you can do this. No, he. so John is the non-custodial parent. Yes. Um, it didn't clearly say who had, you know, what the custody agreement was, but mom had primary 
-hmm. custody of Daphne. But yeah, no charges were ever filed in the incident. John Westbrook is an IT expert. He knows how to fly under the radar when it comes to cell phones and the internet. According to an article by Stephanie Butzer for ABC Action News Tampa Bay, John, quote, specializes in security, blockchain technology, and Bitcoin, and is earning money by contracting with small businesses to do computer security work, unquote. So he can have a wealth mm -hmm. in the dark web that yeah. nobody even knows about. Right. And he can, he can cover his movements. Yep. Yep. Hmm. Since Daphne's disappearance, John has been communicating using burner phones and Google voice numbers, which both of those are impossible to track. Daphne has been seen in Denver, Colorado, and John has made relatively recent purchases in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Um, so Daphne had two dogs who are also missing with her. Um, and apparently one of the dogs was microchipped, and it, was, it went missing. And um, it was found. And it was found, and John picked it up in Albuquerque, New Mexico. So we know that they were in Albuquerque. Because of the pu publicity in Denver, Colorado, authorities believe he may seek shelter with his sister, Starla, in Sebring, Florida. Starla goes by the name Charlena Peters on social media. She refuses to cooperate with authorities. There have been sightings of Daphne as recently as this month in Florida. Authorities raided the home of John's sister a couple weeks ago and seized her electronic devices. Can you imagine? I just, this makes me so angry. I know it. I know it. What, why would you do that? Why would you, why would you take your child, put them in a house by themselves with their two dogs while you lived someplace else, take them away from their other parent? Uh, that's not for the child's, in the child's best interest. Right. It is only to punish the mother. Well, and he's, she's, they believe that Daphne's traveling with him, that he's, he has got Daphne with him. Yep. This at whole, all times. Yeah, this whole time. Okay. That's my, that was my understanding from reading it. Okay. Yeah. According to Hamilton County, so Hamilton County is in Tennessee, um, Hamilton County District Attorney Neil Pinkston, Daphne has occasionally communicated with a friend back in Tennessee over the past year and said that her computer was behind locked doors and her phone was wrapped in aluminum foil so it could not be tracked. Daphne told her friend that she had virtually no interaction with anyone besides her father and that she was, quote, very depressed, unquote, and expressing suicidal ideations. Well, I'm sure she is. Of course she is. She's now been gone for a year. Well, it's 2021. A year and a half? Yeah. There is currently an active Amber Alert for Daphne. Authorities believe that she is in danger physically and mentally and is either being drugged or kept drunk to incapacitate her. Can you her. imagine? That makes me so angry. That just is, would be proof yeah. that you're not doing it for the benefit of your child, it's only to punish to get back the at mother. The yeah. They also believe that John has altered both of their appearances using, using false teeth and hair dye. And I'm only telling you his description because there's an active Amber Alert. I would never normally well, say what he looks like. Well, well this, is, this is, it's very clear. She's a 16-year-old girl. She Right. It'd be very difficult to survive on your own. Right. Um, so John Westbrook is Caucasian with brown hair and blue eyes. He weighs 200 pounds and is 6'4". He owns a 1970s orange Volkswagen Beetle, and the car has no license plate or windshield. He was last spotted driving an older pickup truck in Albuquerque, New Mexico. 
John Westbrook is wanted by the Hamilton County Sheriff's Office for aggravated kidnapping and custodial interference. Daphne Westbrook is 17 years old. She is described as Caucasian with brown hair and brown eyes. She is 110 pounds and 5 foot 3 inches. If you have any information about Daphne Westbrook or spot her father, John, you are asked to call 911 immediately. This makes me so angry. So uh, sh her story has been on my list for I don't know how long, for a long time. I had no clue that there was an active Amber Alert as of this month. So when they realized that she had been um, spotted. spotted recently, they just activated that Amber Alert. It's unbelievable. Yeah. The selfishness, mm -hmm. the selfishness to, to keep a child away from their mother. Um, when it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't appear as if the mother was doing anything mm -mm. illegal or anything. No. But to keep, and, and even if she was, to keep a child away from their mother is damaging to the child. Right. There's proper ways to go about changing custody. Right. Changing the He didn't even have primary custody. No. No. Um, and there was probably reason for that, because look at this controlling, manipulative, uh, deceitful, lying behavior. Yeah. It makes me so angry. I know. It makes me so angry, too. I, I, I don't even know. How, I saw an alert on Facebook somewhere that she, there was now an Amber Alert for her. Mm -hmm. and So you pulled that back up again. And, mm -hmm. um, it's just so frustrating that people know where he's at. Oh, yeah. People, people are, are protecting him. him. He's working for people. I yep. mean, people... Yep. It's just... Yep. He's covering his tracks. People need to and step also, up and say something. Also, um, even family members. You know, Well, and because, you know, I wouldn't normally say who the family member was, but... Well, and also people need to know to be watching yep. for in these places and spaces yeah. for somebody that might fit that. Uh, so you'll have a picture of Daphne on the... Um, on our website. And John. And John. Good. Mm -hmm. Good. Because um, they could be anywhere. Yeah. And when he's 6'4". And drives an orange Volkswagen Beetle. With no windshield. With no windshield. It would stick out. He would stick yeah. out a little bit. Mm -hmm. But. Uh, yeah. And she is very petite. Yeah. So. Oh, it's, it's aggravating. I know it. We ask that you do not reach out to the families or post names of possible suspects on social media. Missing person photos, along with information and articles used for these cases, can be found at our website at gone-podcast.com. What you got this week? Well, Katie, you know, these stories, they just get, they don't get any better. They don't. They don't get any better. It's been a long time since we've had somebody found. It has been a long time. And it, uh, it's just depressing as all get out. So uh, today I have for you some Easter facts. Oh, good. So Easter is coming up here soon. And I didn't know any of these, mm. actually. So the Easter bunny legend began in Germany. Um, it dates back hundreds of years when the rabbit was considered a symbol of the, 
a symbol of the pagan goddess of spring and fertility. Oh, of course, because rabbits. Right, right. Eventually, the symbol was adopted by Christianity, and the rabbit laid eggs, chocolate eggs, for boys and girls, well, maybe not at the time, for boys and girls who were good, uh, who were well-behaved in church um, on Easter Sunday. Interesting. But it it is a weird... It's very weird. Because rabbits don't lay eggs. Nope. And they don't lay chocolate eggs. Mm-mm. And if they did lay chocolate eggs, I wouldn't eat them. No. Uh, Easter was named after the Anglo-Saxon goddess Oyster. This is spelled O. Sorry, this is spelled E O S T R E. Huh. Interesting. Um, she was the pagan goddess of dawn and light, and a fertility goddess. Oh. Did you know that uh, Cadbury cream eggs make 1.5 million of them every single day? They make 500 million eggs a year. They make them every single day. That's, I don't even, I don't even have words. That makes my teeth hurt, actually, it, well, just thinking about it. I don't, I'm not a huge fan of Cadbury eggs. I feel like I have to have at least one every single year. Do you? Yeah, just, just to remind Do myself you? that my teeth hurt. It's the inside stuff. It's the goop yeah. in the middle. I don't like that. I don't care for it either, but every year you I have torture to do myself it. to just... You have to do oh, it. Yeah, do you eat life. a peep, too, every year? I'm not a peep fan. Because, it's I mean, sand. peeps it's are sand fun pattern. to look at. They're adorable. They're adorable. Yeah. But they're yucky. They're yucky. I we, like, just, we just lost half of the <laughs> All six of our listeners have now just shut off. Well, if you don't like Cadbury eggs and you don't like peeps, I'm out of here. I once gave a friend a bouquet of peeps. She loved They're peeps. adorable. They're adorable. Just They taste terrible, yeah, but they're adorable. Yeah. So, the act of decorating eggs originated in the Ukraine. So generations of Ukrainians decorated eggs as a nod to the gods and goddesses of health and fertility. The traditional act of Paisanka. Mm. Paisanka. We have a Ukrainian coworker that she's gonna she's gonna know that I just yeah. brutal it. Yeah. Paisanka is made from uh, using waxes and dyes. Ah, so interesting. Um, I always wondered where that came from. Why do we yeah, call her eggs? Yeah, that's why. It's so weird. And they super wired, fun, but weird. Super fun and super weird. <laughs> yeah. And why? <laughs> right. So the world's largest Easter egg weighs five thousand pounds. It is called the Vegraville Pisanka, which is located in Vegraville, Alberta, Canada. Huh. It is thirty-one feet tall and eighteen feet wide. Wow. It's made of aluminum. Hmm. At one time, pretzels were a regular Easter snack because they resembled arms folded in prayer. In the 1950s, it was common for Germans to eat a pretzel and a hard-boiled egg for dinner on Good Friday. Interesting. I will eat a pretzel every day. Yeah, and I, do, I like hard-boiled eggs also. I, I, fine. Good. Perfect. I'm, it's, oh, but the first chocolate Easter egg was made in 1873 by the Fry family of Bristol, England. Two years later, Cadbury made their first chocolate Easter egg. Huh. Can you imagine? I had no idea that they'd been around that long. Weird. Yeah. In Germany, it's illegal to dance on Good Friday. Oh. It's disrespectful. Really? Apparently. Huh. In Bavaria, which... <laughs> I was born in Bavaria. Hmm. I have no memories of it. Sure. But I was born there. Uh, if you're caught playing any kind of music, um, you could be fined 100 euros. Or, sorry, 
10,000. I'm just making that number. You can be fined 10,000 euros. Oh, how much is that? 10,000 of a, a euro. Oh, okay. And not a euro. A euro. I think I said euro, and I meant a... This word is an E-U-R-O-S, not a, a gyro. G, yes, not a G-Y. Right. Yes. Gotcha. <laughs> so just, because that's a whole different... That's a lot of food to be, lot have of, to pay. That's a lot of lamb yep. to get over. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so did you know that Easter is celebrated on the Sunday after a full moon? That's why the holiday moves around. <gasps> I always wondered. I know, I never knew that. The first Sunday after a full moon. Interesting. Um... Yeah, I, I always wondered why. Why is it in March like, sometimes, and why is it in April? Because it's kind of annoying, because you're kind of saying, hey, this is what it should be, yes, and it's not. and it's not. It's not. It's based on the lunar calendar. Interesting. So, in 2007, an Easter egg sold for 9 million pounds at Christie's in London. It was a Fabergé egg made by Carl Fabergé in 1902. It contains a multicolored cockerel, which I think, I should have looked this up, but I think that's a bird. Hmm. I think that's like a rooster okay. or something. Sure. I really don't know what a cockerel is. I don't either. Uh, it's English, so. Uh, so anyway, this thing pops out of the egg every hour and flaps its wing and flaps its wings and nods its head three times. Oh my goodness. It's very fancy. I didn't know that Fabergé eggs did anything other than just be pretty. I thought they were just I thought they were just empty inside. Yeah. I didn't know they But that's probably why this one went for so much money. Maybe. Interesting. So what do you have, Katie? I have Facts about chocolates. Whoa. Maybe and it's not, really, it is really not all just chocolates. I think it's just sweets. Okay. Most of them are chocolate, but they're sweets. Yeah, this first one has nothing to do with chocolate. Cotton candy is called fairy floss in Australia, grandma's hair in Hebrew, father's beard in French, doll's wig in India, and girl's hair in Arabic. I think cotton candy is the best of all of them. It's... Fairy, when it said it was fairy, fairy floss, I think fairy that's floss. super cute. It is super cute, but, and yeah. it depends on how you make it. It can be one of those things, or it could be, you know, like a ball. Right. <laughs> if you squish it, it's not so fluffy. Right. Okay. The mystery flavor of Dum Dum's lollipops is a mixture of two flavors that come together when the end of one batch of candy meets the beginning of the next. I saw the mystery flavor. I, I knew that. Did you? Yes, I did. I did. I knew that. But um, that you don't get any points for that. But well, but I feel like you can't tell children that because the mystery flavor is so exciting. You to can't. children, as yes. opposed to thinking it's the end of one and the beginning right. of another. That's not so interesting. It's lemon and grape. Oh, ugh. that's <laughs> terrible. Something. So my husband is a is a teacher <clears throat> in the high school, <clears throat> and he, every year he has dum dums and and uh, smarties. And he asks the kids, which one do you want to be? <laughs> and they choose. And, of course, you choose a dum-dum. Really? I would choose a Smarty over really? a dum-dum. Really? Yeah. What? Obviously. Obviously. Because <laughs> I could get the mixed-up one. You could. I would get, I would get both because... Um, I have my days. I have my days. And mm-hmm. also, I... Um, Sometimes I may break into bags of candy sure. that are intended for the children. I'm not a fan of either, but if I had to pick, it would be a Smartie, I think. I think it would be a Dum Dum. I feel like the du- I like Dum Dums, but I feel like Dum Dums are so small. I want more. I oh. want more sucker. Oh. Yeah. I, I think that they're, they're uh, the reason I don't like Dum Dums is they have that hard ridge mm. that cuts you, that roof of your mouth. Yeah. Apparently, I'm a too aggressive, and I'm... Sure. You just bite it. 
No, you just chew it. I, uh, well, no, I don't. And, but, so I just chews up the inside of my mouth. Yeah. Which maybe that says more about me than I wanted to reveal. Well, I feel like I feel like it's like a universal sucker thing. Like it just so all suckers have. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> the three musketeers. The three musketeers bar originally had three flavored bars in one package: chocolate, strawberry, and vanilla. Hence the name, Three Musketeers. I think we talked about that I on think this we very did. podcast. I think we did. Yeah, but what happened? I don't know. What? You're not going to give me I that know. little nugget, and you don't know. even know why they got rid of the other two? No. But I don't even think that they're flavored. They're just nougat. Well, it's they're not even vanilla chocolate flavored. Chocolate nougat. Is it chocolate nougat or is it just coated nougat? Chocolate coated nougat. It's chocolate coated chocolate nougat, mm. isn't it? I don't think Katie, so. I don't. No, I'm gonna, and I don't particularly care for three muskets. I'm not a huge fan, but now I'm gonna have to buy one. <sighs> it's it's all for the research. It's, it's for the podcast. This is what we do. Yes. A 2011 study revealed that people who eat candy weigh less than those who don't. The study was sponsored by the National Confectioners Association. Huh. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> huh. Interesting. In 1947, after the price of a chocolate bar increased from $0.05 cents to $0.08, cents, 200 kids marched and protested on the Capitol building in British Columbia, shutting down the government for a day. It is known as the candy bar strike. O-M-G. Good for them. Good for them. Express your express yourself. Yes. And it was a very healthy way to do it. I mean they didn't weren't carrying pitchforks or anything. They were they were just making their feelings be known. Right. And they have rights too. Um there are over two hundred flavors of Kit Kat in Japan. No way. How many flavors can you have? I think that there's some weird ones. There is, because I think we talked about that. I think we did too. Like did you already do this? No, not this one. But but Red Sour Patch Kids are the exact same candy as Swedish Fish, just with sour sugar. What? <laughs> I, I, I don't like... I don't like Swedish Fish. Hmm. I don't... I don't much care for fish anyway. Sure. Um, but I don't... I like Swedish people. <laughs> right. I'm married to one. <laughs> but I don't really care. And I don't know... I don't, I, I don't trust their fish. Mm-hmm. And they're red, first of all. I don't trust them. And they taste yucky. I feel like I could maybe do one or two Swedish fish, and then I'm, it's too much. Did you know that? Do they taste different? Than no. Them? Well, they do because of the sour, the sour. sugar. But sour I don't know. Sugar. I love the sour sugar. I do, too. Wendy's Frosties is actually a mix of chocolate and vanilla flavors. No, it's not. This was because Dave Thomas thought that 100% chocolate would be too overpowering of a flavor when paired with a Wendy's burger and fries meal. It's true. It is a very light. Mm-hmm. It's like a milk chocolate when your mom's making it, and she uses very little chocolate. Right. I'm just saying that from memory because there's I still have scars <laughs> from now when I make it as an adult. When I bought the chocolate, it looks a whole different color. Yeah. 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 Milk duds were originally supposed to be round. Since making them perfectly round was found to be impossible, the pieces became known as duds, and the name stuck. I love me a milk dud. I do too. They are just a good little ratio. Yeah. And you got to work at it too. So it kind of burns calories while you're eating them. <laughs> well, because your muscles in your face? Yeah. Yeah. Because, mm-hmm. but you don't want to get a, a, like an old box or something like that. No. Because it'll take your teeth right yep. out. Yep. This is my last one. 
The candy desk is a tradition of the U.S. Senate since 1968, whereby a senator who sits at the desk near a busy entrance keeps a drawer full of candy for members. The desk is currently supplied, and I don't know when this was, I don't know when this source was. The desk is currently supplied with candy made in Pennsylvania, including Milky Way bars, Mars bars, and jelly beans. I think that we should have a candy desk. And Dawn is the closest to the entrance. And she should fill it. She should. I, I, I think it should. we should change the name from just a candy desk to donuts and ice cream and popcorn. <laughs> desk. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't see what the problem is. Uh, I mean, there isn't. We have there to, isn't. You have to ask for what you need in this life. You do. And you need to make it clear. You don't, and if you don't ask, the answer is always no. And you're never going to get what you want. Yep. And so I think that we should just make it clear. And um, I think that you should tell her. That she's well. not responsible for the, what is it, candy? Uh, the candy desk. The oh. candy, a donut, ice cream. Popcorn. And popcorn desk. Yeah. And if she could have that taken care of by tomorrow. Right. That'd be great. Yeah. 